You're listening to Warwick Radio Online. The voice of Warwick, Rhode Island. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Warwick Life on Warwick Radio. My name is Scott Nerney. I grew up in Warwick and have been a homeowner for over 30 years in our lovely city. My goal with this podcast is to highlight what is special about Warwick and how you can get the most from our seaside community. This podcast is presented by the Varnum Military Museum, located just over the border in East Greenwich. Patrick and his staff have a fantastic museum. I must see a lot of information about Rhode Island residents, especially Warwick residents. Please, when you stop by, go on their Facebook page. Thank them for supporting our podcast. Before we start today, I need to ask one favor, everyone. Tell one other person about this podcast. Do it right now. Send them a message. Say, hey, you need to listen to Warwick Radio and Warwick Life. And then hit that subscribe button. Our guest today is Charlotte Taylor. She is an archaeologist at the Rhode Island Historic Preservation and Heritage Commission. And I want to thank you for coming and supporting our podcast, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little background about yourself. Well, I came to Rhode Island back in the late 1980s for grad school at Brown Okay. in the anthropology department. And after a couple years of that, I ended up getting a job at the Rhode Island Historical Preservation and Heritage Commission as an archaeologist. And then I got married, bought a house, and have kids, and I am still working in that same office <laughs> that I started at in the early 90s. Well, that's good, though. If, if you get a job that you love, it's, it's, that's the way to go. Yeah. If you get a job as an archaeologist, and you, it's, it's a very good thing because there aren't all that many well, tell us, I mean, everybody's probably thinking right now Indiana Jones and, and Egyptian temples. So tell us what an archaeologist does in Rhode Island and for your organization. Well, my office is a state agency. Uh, there's a federal law that requires all federal agencies to comply with the Historic Preservation Act, which means you can't just go bulldozing archaeological sites to make way for your roads. Here in Rhode Island, also, there's state permits that require archaeological survey if necessary. For instance, every time you get a CRMC application, every time you fill one out, it will come across my desk and I'll check your project to see if you're planning on building your new garage on an archaeological site. So basically, I am an archaeologist of bureaucracy and paper at this point. (laughs) (laughs) And also part of my job is to keep the records of all the archaeological sites in the state and I issue archaeological permits to people that are actually doing the work. So this is far beyond the historical cemeteries. This is things that we know about but haven't been dug up or things that we don't know about and are found? Both. Okay. Um, sometimes there will be known sites on, say, a property that's being subdivided. Other times I'll look at the environmental characteristics of the property. Is it near fresh water? Is the soil well-drained? Is it near the ocean? Is it near known sites? And I'll make a judgment call. Okay. And what are some of the more significant sites that have been found through all the work that your agency does? Well, when you look at a map of archaeological sites in Rhode Island, you'll see the lines of the newer highways, and you'll see the big subdivisions along the coast. We don't have the luxury to dig where we want to, we dig in response to what's being built and developed. So basically all of Rhode Island was one big archaeological site. 
there was no part of Rhode Island that wasn't used by the people that lived here for thousands of years. That, that makes sense. But um, here in Warwick, you have some very, you used to have, they're gone now, very large and important sites. Um, when the Europeans arrived in Warwick, it was very densely settled. You would have had wigwams and fires visible um, from the water all up and down Warwick. And there were large sites that were excavated back in the mid-20th century where huge piles of shells were found, many artifacts, and burials. And those sites have told us a lot about how people lived um, in the past 6,000 years. So if someone does uncover something and alerts the authorities and it makes its way to your office, then do you go out or someone from the agency go out and take a look at what they found? That depends. I'm actually t uh, quite high on the list of people that get called if you find a skeleton in your backyard. Oh, nice. And if someone finds a skeleton in their backyard, the first person to call is the police. Okay. And then I get called, and then if it looks like a Native American burial, the tribe gets called. And we all go out and we stare at it. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the way that people do. And... um then make the call about what happens. Sometimes it's not an archaeological skeleton. It's a murder victim, in which case, you know, of course, I defer to the police. But, um, but if, in, if you, in 700 years, that would be an archaeological find. Yes, it would. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if the police get involved, it's too late to put it back in the ground. And, sure. Yes. Um, if you find just something that you think is an artifact in your backyard... You are absolutely welcome to take a picture of it and shoot an email to me. Okay. And if you find an artifact in your backyard, it is yours to keep, and it doesn't mean that anyone will come and start digging up your backyard. Okay. Because artifacts on private property are private property, and without any regulatory hook, uh, we would not force a survey on anybody. Okay. So what does the future look like if we're looking out 10, 20 years from now uh, in the area of Warwick, what would you expect to find? Well, the thing with Warwick is that most places that people want to build on have been built on. Okay. So there's a few little scraps of open space here and there that could still have undisturbed archaeological sites. But mostly they've been built on. What we're seeing a lot now in Warwick as um, the people in the Bayside area, for instance, know, mm -hmm. is that Warwick was built on Native American villages. And so when you open up the road to put sewers in, you're running them through a Native American village. And in, these, in this sort of village that they lived in, they would bury the dead alongside where you lived. So there's no contained cemetery area. You could find a body buried anywhere within the village, somewhat that looks sort of random to us. So we can't predict where in one of these village areas you'll find burials or not. Okay. So. so I think when you see a big, huge project kicking up, you're kind of excited a little bit? Well, it's always interesting to see what might be found um, and whether it will actually add to our knowledge and understanding. There's always an element of anxiety, too, because what if... What, if human remains are hit, that is, nobody wants that. Right. It disrupts the project. It is an emotional, difficult situation for the tribe or, or the European descendants of whoever is buried there. Right. 
And how would someone know if they live on an archaeological site? Well, if they live in the Bayside area of Warwick, they do. Okay. Um, we have lots of dots on the map where things have been found. And some of them show that some areas are more preferred locations of people having lived. Okay. But but nowadays, a lot of it's destroyed. For instance, Appenog was a real hot spot for um, Native American villages. And there were big sites around Appenog. The whole area, Button Woods, that whole head of the cove, was one big village going down to um, Ives Road. That whole area of the coast was one big site. Makes sense yep. if they're doing a lot of boating and, yep. and having the land right there. Yeah. Spinnaker Lane went through a really big archaeological site. That's off Coesit Road. And it used to be Lambert Farm. And when um, the property owners sold to developers, but the but we knew that there was an archaeological site there. This was back in the late 80s. And the developers very kindly gave um, archaeologists two years to excavate the site. And that was a really exciting site that found things that had never before been seen. There were three burials of puppies, for instance, in ceremonial shell heaps oh. um, and other interesting artifacts. And so Spinnaker Lane then went in, and the houses on either side of it were built. And it's entirely possible that people digging in their gardens will start hitting shell. If you do dig in your garden and start hitting shell, that's a pretty good sign that you're on a Native American site. Oh. Um, it's especially here in Warwick, all the big sites came with shell heaps. Okay. Understandably, because there's and the ocean. Where can people find more information if they're curious about looking at some of this information? If you go to the website of the Rhode Island Historical Preservation and Heritage Commission, which is my office, there's um, a tab that has our publications. And one of the publications is a book about Rhode Island archaeology. That's kind of a general introduction to it with examples of sites from around the state. Great. So that's a good place to start. All right. Um, so just to, um, for those who want to reach out with artifacts that they find or with questions, my email address is charlotte.taylor at preservation.ri.gov. Great. I want to thank Charlotte Taylor coming in and spending some time with our audience today and sharing insights on Warwick life. It's a great time to be in Warwick, and for those not living the Warwick life, come pay us a visit, check around your backyard, go to her website, see all the information that's out there. There's some fantastic information about what they found in the past in different areas. And to quote you, if you find something in your yard, it's yours to keep, unless it's a dead body, right? Well, actually, can I just um, clarify that if you find a dead body in your yard— you might end up keeping it anyway. Okay. So whether you want to or not, there is a person in Warwick who was expanding their basement and encountered under their house a body. And that body is still there in the unexcavated part of their basement. And we may be hearing about that on one of our future crime shows. You never know. That's not a crime, though. That was an, a native person. Okay. So. That wraps up another edition of Warwick Life on Warwick Radio. If you have any comments, content suggestions, or questions, drop us a line at warwicklife at gmail.com. Thank you to Tester Manuelian for our lead-in in closing music. She's a music major with an incredible career ahead of her. See you next time. You're listening to Warwick Radio Online. 
the voice of Warwick, Rhode Island.